All right, welcome to Comic Chat number 114, Comic Chat episode 114. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. I am a 11-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and I am originally from Compton, California. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon, G-L-E-N-D-O-N, McGee, M-C-G-E-E. And you can find me on IG, Insta, or the gram at GM3 Comedy. That's at GM, the number three, and the word comedy. This is a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, I like, I, before I, I get started, I like to uh, say, like I always do, uh, I love each and every one of you, and I am super happy and more than grateful and beside myself with anticipation for you joining me for this uh rousing podcast uh, called Comic Chat, which can be found on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker, and also right here on this lovely casting platform called Anchor. There are under, there are a hundred, a hundred, I don't know if that was even a word, a hundred and thirteen other episodes uh, you can listen to. I've uh, been doing this thing for two years now. It's uh, crazy. Um, before we, uh, well, today's date is Thursday, January the 26th, uh, 2023. I usually do this uh, podcast on Wednesdays, but yesterday was kind of hectic for me. Uh, spiritually and emotionally, I was kind of like off, so I really didn't think that it was a good day to record, so I pushed it to today. But um, speaking of it being the 26th of January, uh, we have a moment of silence. Sadly, one is in tribute, and the other two are recent deaths of Jesse Lemonnier of the San Diego Chargers and and formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. He passed away at age of 24. I think it was from cardiac arrest. Uh, January 8th, a couple weeks ago, David uh, Cross from... uh, Crosby, Crosby, Stills, and Nash fame, and later a pretty epic solo career, died. Um, and, uh, of course, three years ago, today, in Calabasas, California, uh, NBA uh, great Kobe Bryant and his uh, firstborn daughter and nine other passengers were uh, Horrifically killed 
in a um, helicopter accident in Calabasas. So a moment of silence for Jesse Lemonnier, uh, David Crosby, and uh, the late great Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant, and the uh, other seven passengers in that helicopter. You will be missed. since Kobe passed away. I remember I still remember the day I woke up from a nap and I uh, I just seen the headlines Kobe Bryant killed. It was no it was NBA star Kobe Bryant killed. I thought it was a fucking movie. It was it was crazier than even when 9/11 happened. I never like I never cried so hard in my fucking life for somebody I didn't know, and uh, I think I'll I'll never forget that day. It was just just a sad day, not just for you know Kobe Bryant and his family and and fans. It's just a sad day for Los Angeles because uh, he was he was like a basketball player and a child star at the same time because. We kind of all watched him grow up. But yeah, I just found out David Crosby died, but he had been, he's been gone since uh, January 18th. They said the way he died was tragic, but I can't find any information on it. And it's just, uh, I was just walking to an open mic yesterday, and uh, I live by... Um, Arizona Federal Center or something like that or Arizona Federal Theater and uh, I seen a big uh, billboard of his uh, birth date and death date as I was walking to uh, this mic and I just said damn David Crosby died and the news never didn't even mention it he must have been cool with black people and uh, I go and I Google him, and there's a picture of him smoking a joint. So I'm like, yeah, that's probably uh, why they didn't say anything. Because the only uh, pothead they res- we respect here in America that's white is um, Willie Nelson. I don't know what why that is, though. I don't know why that is. I, I mean, I guess it's because he's a great musician, because... I've never really personally listened to Willie Nelson, but from what I've heard of him, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just weird that they didn't even uh, mention that David Crosby died. And then Jesse Lemonnier, I remember watching him like for the Cardinals last season on defense. And it's just, he was... 24 is the same age as DeMar Hamlin. Which is like a weird... There's a like weird conspiracy theory going on that he's dead too. And that the uh, the guy that... Or the, the DeMar Hamlin that we saw 
on Sunday at the Bills Bengals game in Buffalo was not actually DeMar Hamlin. They're saying that it was a body double because you could not really see his face. And when he came into the uh, the arena, he was bundled up and he's uh, supposedly making all these statements and we are not seeing his face. Whenever any other player goes through something like that and they're recovering, when they do an interview, they're talking directly to him. We see his face. When when they're when they're back in the stadium, we see their face. We don't see a silhouette of them in a press box. So I think there's some validity to this body double uh, theory. And the way his mom looked on the way into the stadium, she looked kind of disgusted, like they were doing some bullshit. And I just didn't like how they came out with all with the love for DeMar shirts and everything. Unless that money is going directly to DeMar Hamlin and his family, I I did not agree with them hurrying up and making T-shirts and memorabilia. I was about to say paraphernalia. I don't know why the hell I get those two uh, mixed up. One is for drugs. (laughs) Um, But memorabilia to uh, profit off of this man's tragedy. Because even if there is a a portion of it going to DeMar Hamlin and his family to take care of his medical expenses, it's probably not shit compared to what the NFL is keeping. Because those uh, those corporations don't give a shit. Those uh, the NFL and the the NBA and MLB and all these sports organizations, they don't give a fuck. It's not even sports. It's sports entertainment, just like uh, WWE. I've said that in like many episodes. So so it's a it's a difference. Sports entertainment is like. You go into a concert where they they uh, do a stage performance of a basketball game, just like when you when you go to WWE, you're going to a concert where they essentially perform a dance that looks like a wrestling match. So if this is all the same classification, then what makes us believe that football, baseball, hockey, and all these other sports aren't scripted? They even say um, during games, the offensive coordinator scripts out the first 40 plays of, of every game. Scripts out every play. You know who else scripts out every play? Screenwriters. (laughs) You want to know what's another word for theater actors? 
players. So who's to say that it's not all a dance? Built to distract us from the truth. And the fact that we're really supposed to be going after our spiritual purpose rather than our flesh, our fleshy desires. And I know that, you know, a lot of people probably listen to this podcast and they probably think that I'd be preaching, but it's really not, I'm not talking religion, I'm talking about spirituality. Because we're going to die. And a lot of people hate that I say that in my walking life when I go outside and I be at comedy shows I always say we're gonna die nonchalantly and everybody gets all scared I don't say it to scare people I say it because it's the truth and uh, if we're gonna die and we're gonna have to leave everything behind then why do we focus on crazy shit like football sex, money, status. It, it don't matter. I think life is about, like, love. And I mean, like, real, like, love. Like, to where you really don't give a fuck about yourself. You really don't give a fuck about yourself. Like, I really don't... You know, I desire to be a successful comedian because that's what I am. That's the energy I carry. That's my belief about myself. But do I um, desire to become a famous comedian at the expense of some comedian that I uh, perform with at an open mic right now today? No. Like, I don't desire to lose my humanity because... I have a dream. Like, I will not kill my own mama for a Netflix special, which I've heard many comedians, like, jokingly say. And I'm just like, yeah, to, to be on Netflix and to perform and have a whole bunch of people see what I do and to be recognized on the street for what I do would that be cool? yeah but is it worth uh, my spiritual dignity? no like nothing is because the only being that is supposed to be exalted in this place of existence is the ultimate being being of all creation but you can you can sit around and say that that being does not even exist yet after we say that it doesn't exist we get on our knees and we pray for some material shit God give me a car give me a house bring me a woman but in your walking life, you're saying God is not real. And then whenever you have a, a atheist friend, you're in agreement with their belief. Even though that's not even your belief. That is what I mean by spiritual 
dignity? Will I, will I go against what I know or what I perceive as right and wrong for uh, earthly exaltation? No. Because what good is it anyway? Because every famous person you know right now is only famous because the media says positive things about what they do. The minute those comments change and they spin narratives about these celebrities, our perception and opinion and even the way we uh, admire them changes. Like, I noticed that every uh, athlete is, is, a, is a superstar while they're playing. But once they're retired, they're just a dude that did something. They still get the respect and, and kind of uh, leftover glory of that old energy, which was their playing career. But they're no longer that person. So your perception of them is really not that great. Some people still hold the perception of them as, oh my God, this this dude is like a mythical being of some sort. Some people hold on to the memory of you like that, but a lot of people don't because you, you don't play. Just like Michael Jordan. A lot of people say LeBron's the king now. A lot of people are saying LeBron's the GOAT. Me, I think Michael Jordan. Because uh, I grew up watching the dude, and now I watched LeBron too, and I'm highly not impressed with LeBron. I think that LeBron gets a lot of assistance from the media. <laughs> and that's the difference between, like, today's uh, goats and the goats that were, come, that were uh, around when we were growing up. The media assisted them, but not as much. Because their talent did half the work. Honestly, I'm not really impressed with Tom Brady either. I, I've said this on my podcast before. I like Joe Montana. I really didn't. I really just now started to have an appreciation for Troy Aikman. And I think Dan Marino is probably the greatest quarterback of my lifetime that never won a Super Bowl. That's a that's an arguable question. I, I think I should have a guest on one of these episodes. And I, I think that that's the question that I would ask. And I think we'd spend like 45 minutes talking about uh, who is the greatest NFL quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. Because there are a lot. Uh, Donovan McNabb. Uh, Randall Cunningham. Uh, Warren Moon. Uh, I know I just named a whole bunch of black dudes. <laughs> um, there, there are a lot. There are a lot. Just spacing out right now. Um... Like I could just just because the fact that Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl 
makes me kind of cringe. Uh, Rich Gannon never won a Super Bowl, but he was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Philip Rivers. Um, Mark Sanchez was pretty dope. At the peak of his career, I'm not going to say he's a Hall of Famer or anything like that. Um, let's see. A lot of there are a lot of quarterbacks that have never won a Super Bowl, but they were really, really good. I think Dante Culpepper was good. I don't think win a Super Bowl good, but I think that he was good. Michael Vick never won a Super Bowl, but was a pretty badass quarterback. Steve McNair, the late, great Steve McNair. I know I just keep naming black guys. (laughs) I mean, I I guess because I grew up on uh, a lot of white quarterbacks. But a lot of them weren't weren't that, like, dope. Like, Brett Favre was, was good. Like, I named, like, Steve Young. Um, it was it was a few good ones. I'm trying to think of the AFC. I know Dan Marino was dope. Boomer Esiason was was okay. Phil Sims was okay. Okay, Boomer Esiason can go on the list of off, off, uh, awesome quarterbacks that never won a Super Bowl because he did play in like two. <laughs> so I think that yeah, Boomer Esiason. He definitely deserves to be in a conversation of awesome quarterbacks to have never won a Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, that's it's just, I don't know. I just got off on that tangent right there. <laughs> that's, it was, it's just crazy though. How... We just give a fuck about this game so much, though, and then these these players are just dying. These young players. I know that's what I was originally originally talking about, Jesse Lemonnier, and uh, what's his name? I think his name Ronnie Hillman for the uh, Denver Broncos also passed away. He was 31 years old. But I think it was for totally different reasoning. But my point is, it sure is a lot of young black athletes, like, dying. Not just in uh, professional ranks. There's college kids dying, high school players dying. It seems, it seems like a an epidemic. And it's just going over, it's just going over our heads because the media is not making any uh, noise about it. But as soon as they pick, as soon as they pick a black person to make the poster boy of this uh, terrible tragedy, then we'll all care. Then we'll all want to wear T-shirts and we'll want to go protest in the streets. But most of us aren't even noticing that these young black athletes are just dying. Like, DeMar Hamlin, we don't know if he's, you know, he's, they say he's all right. 
But he was 24 years old, just like this Lemonnier dude. 24, man. I remember I was 24. I had my first kid at 24. That was... That was, what, 16 years ago, man. And I really didn't even know anything. I was still part teenager. So... It's just really mysterious how these young black lives are just mysteriously being cut short. And all we see is pictures. Jesse Lemonnier, start date, end date. Nobody's making any noise about it. It's not even in the news. Because I really feel like it was some weird shit about how uh, DeMar Hamlin just went down after making what looks like what looked like a routine tackle. Like he tackled him, got up, was getting ready to walk back to his huddle, fell on the ground. Looked very odd. Didn't get up for a half an hour or so. But it's just crazy, man, with the time that we live in. We got COVID and we got booster shots and all types of crazy shit. We got this uh, crazy cold weather out here in Arizona with this mixed in with this uh, rain. We got droughts all up and down the, the, the West Coast. The, the East Coast was about to freeze over. It's just lot of strong energies going on right now and all we really thinking about is what's the next TikTok or OnlyFans or whatever attention seeking platform we choose to use what's the, what's the next content that we can create it's really sickening too like like um the Cowboys lost to the 49ers uh, this past Sunday in the divisional round of the uh, NFL playoffs. And all of a sudden, crazy Cowboy fan videos. They're destroying big screen TVs. Tearing up all their Cowboy paraf- uh, paraphernalia, mem- memorabilia. Um, I knew I was going to do it at least once. I knew I was going to get it mixed up at least once. But they're destroying all their Cowboy shit. And all I could do when I see those videos is, is wonder is how much money Jerry Jones is counting. Because he don't care. Once you fucking take that rag or jersey or whatever towel it is that you got, once you take that shit away from the stadium or wherever you got it, Jerry Jones don't give a fuck about what you do with it. So everything I see being destroyed with that cowboy star on it, it just goes, how much money did you just willingly give to Jerry Jones and burn up or destroy or mangle or whatever gross uh, show of uh, attention uh, you decide to use because you want to pretend to be frustrated over a uh, 
a soap opera. And then I've seen uh, videos of Cowboys fans fist fighting each other. Because the Cowboys lost again. And it's it's crazy how, like I had said in the other episode, like we'll we'll fight in the streets over the fucking Cowboys or the Raiders or some other dumbass team, but you will not lift a finger for somebody saying that God is not real. We encourage people who say. Oh, God's not real. There's no man in the sky. Nothing cares about us. Blah, 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 blah. You want to you wanna give that dude a, a standing ovation. But if somebody says, Oh, the Cowboys suck. They haven't won the Super Bowl in almost 30 years. You want to fucking kick their ass. It, it really makes no... It, it really makes no sense. Because what... I was alive for all the Cowboys, Super Bowls, all the fucking Laker championships and shit. I didn't get shit. Michael Irvin never called me to say thanks for for sitting on your ass and watching all those games, my nigga. Really helped me catch those passes. Emmitt Smith never told me I would have never gained a yard without you. So, so essentially, what is it that we are um, so fanatically in love with? And that's why I always talk about my um, chosen disease of sports. Because I'm starting to see how pointless and meaningless it really is. I look back at my life and I go, damn, man, I used to really be distraught. Say the Cowboys play at nine o'clock on Sunday. They lose. I say about one o'clock on Sunday, game's over. I'm distraught from one o'clock that day, clean on through the end of school the next day. Because of all my friends get to talk about the Cowboys and how much they suck and how much they didn't win. And I totally get lost in the fact that I don't even play for them. I never once thought to myself, nigga, I didn't put on a fucking jersey. They, they, they don't have me under contract. I'm not getting any of that money. I never once had that thought. And I was just letting that shit ruin days and wreck my life and cussing at Michael Irvin and cussing at fucking Emmitt Smith and calling Troy Aikman a bitch because he got a concussion. And it wasn't even like I was gambling on these motherfuckers. I, I, I didn't even put money on this shit. I was literally just screaming my head off for these motherfuckers for my health. So I can tell people my favorite team won the Super Bowl. 
And we, we, we really get stupid over this shit. Like these 49er fans, they're, they didn't even know who Brock Purdy was for uh, two whole fucking months. Nobody knew who Brock Purdy was. Now, all of a sudden, everybody knows what college he fucking went to. They even know that he played against Jalen Hurts in college for an important game or whatever. All of a sudden, all these stats and these videos about this dude is popping up. We didn't even know who he was months ago. He was the last player picked in the draft. And it was like, oh, what a great story. It's crazy. And all that shit is a, a distraction from, from anything that's that's real. I just spent like, what, 30-some-odd minutes. I won't say 30. I say about um, 20 minutes talking about this shit. What did you learn from any of this conversation? Little to nothing. You learned that I, wa- I wasted a lot of my life watching fucking dudes run around Chasing a fucking ball. But that shit is is crazy how we will tie our emotions to lies and things that have no meaning or purpose. And we will flee away from the things that have meaning or purpose because they make us uncomfortable. That was the whole meaning of all the shit I just said. Our biggest weaknesses are comfort zones. And I say this shit all the time because I really am uh, allowing fear to keep me from expanding my comfort zone on stage. I'm trying to, to be cleaner but I'm not making a full effort so because I'm like uh, what if I'm not as funny as I was when I was cursing when the truth is if I stop cursing so much maybe I would be open to more or maybe more opportunities would be open to me and then I think to myself maybe that is the reason why I'm being lazy with my mind and I'm not trying to clean up my act Because I'm afraid of where a clean act might take me. That's the... That's the only... um, That's the only pure explanation I can give for... For this that I'm experiencing right now. Because uh, it's no one's fault. It's not the bookers. They're not... It's not their fault because they're not booking me. It's not their fault that I'm not like... Performing in LA and shit like that. Don't have nothing to do with them. It's 100% me. It's things that I am uh, not opening myself to do. And it's not just cleaning up the, the material. It's, it's networking. You know, trying to get in with the faces I should know. Trying to mingle with the people that need to see me. So essentially, I'm like giving a uh, 35% effort in the business aspect of 
the craft because the craft is what I love and where I'm comfortable. And that's, you know, I said all that shit about the NFL just to get to that point. That comfort zones represent weaknesses. Because a comfort zone is a self-imposed limit on your dreams. So here's to uh, expanding ourselves and relieving ourselves of comfort zones. I am now comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is the affirmation I will speak during this episode or for this episode that I will carry into this week. And if you want to carry it into this week as well, I am now comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I guess I gotta I guess I gotta do that. And and the thing about it is like uh I have no problem with writing without curse words. But when I uh, when I deliver the jokes, I just feel like the curse word adds an extra punch. But I did do uh the, the one set that I did with the uh the for the Cripple King the comedy show at um, Stir Crazy, I was able to limit my cursing. I listened to that set and I cursed, but it was not a F-bomb-laden tirade. It was actually a, a decent set and the, and the, uh, the curse words were appropriate because every time I cursed, it was a laugh there. I didn't use curse words to replace the word um or uh and that's what really leads into me like over using the uh using fuck because i don't know why fuck is the tie the taboo word of stand-up but it is every time you say fuck it makes bookers cringe Especially if you're black. And a lot of people say, oh, you always about race. Now, we need to face the reality that there is a race, um, a racial divide in our country. And if we don't like having to deal with it or we don't like hearing black people talk about it, we need to learn, a, find a way to resolve the issue. Because gaslighting black people for being upset about racism is an American comfort. And if we are now un- if we are now comfortable with being uncomfortable, then we have to find a way to expand ourselves and come out of that comfort zone of being racist and insecure and unfair. 
and equal in in and in equal. That is a, that was a tongue twister. Can't say that five times fast, but I think you get my point. Because I, I'm trying to tone down the, the racial talks uh, on this podcast because I know it makes uh, the normal uh, populace cringe. But it's not. I'm not going to act like it's, it's still not an existing uh, conflict in our society. Because why don't people get as uncomfortable about racism as they do about hearing the black perspective on racism. Why doesn't the actions, why doesn't the actions of racism upset people as much as the emotions of those affected by those actions? That is the, uh, the truth of the matter. Because other races that are not black but are color, they laugh at our plight. They think it's funny how white people treat us and how we complain about our treatment. They think we, we they think that we would have it better if we just shut the fuck up and went along trying to beg and plead and play ourselves for acceptance. But what has it really gotten them? Lap dogged. White people give you a pat on the head, then when they don't need you anymore, kick you in the ass and put you in the backyard. But you want to laugh at black people for not even accepting the lap dogging. We don't want your pat on the head because we know it comes with a swift kick in the ass. And with that being said, this has been Comic Chat episode 114. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. You can find me on Facebook, G-L-E-N-D-O-N McGee, M-C-G-E-E. And you can find me on IG, Insta, or the Gram. That's uh, at gm 3 Comedy. That's at GM3 and the word comedy. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And also right here on this lovely platform called uh, Anchor. This will be the last comic chat of January with that I want to say happy new year to everyone and you this will be the year of your biggest success your biggest success begins this year your greatest hour begins today everything is going to work out for your highest good this year because you deserve it this is month one, so we got 11 more months of your glorious rise into brilliant manifestation because you are a 
rich and loving child of the universe and you are worthy and deserving of the life of your dreams so you are living it right now i speak it over all of the listeners you are living the life of your dreams right now and remember we are now comfortable with being uncomfortable and with that being said you guys are worthy of all your dreams and everything is coming to you quickly easily and effortlessly i claim it right now thank you thank you thank you it feels amazing until next time guys i love you all and goodbye